Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New England Patriots. This is the Patriots Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Patriots Wire editor, Henry McKenna. First of all, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jimmy. Um, I couldn't ask for him to give us any more than, than he's given us. And uh, the 49ers are getting a good player, and they're getting a good person, and they're getting a great teammate, and they're getting a good quarterback. And Jimmy's getting a good coach. Um, his career is moving forward. Um, he's a talented individual and was a great person to coach. I met with him weekly and again have a tremendous amount of respect for him uh, but as his career moves forward we have to look to our team both this year and beyond and we probably had in my opinion the best quarterback situation in the league for the last call it two and a half years um, it's just not sustainable uh, given the way that things are set up uh, it's definitely not something that we wanted to walk away from and I felt like we rode it out as long as we could. Um, we, over a period of time, explored every op- option possible to try to sustain it. Uh, but at this point, felt like we had to, had to make a decision. Well, Henry, that's an oldie but a goodie from Bill Belichick. The way back in 2017, it's, it's been a fun week around here on Boston Sports Radio because everyone's talking about Jimmy G. You know I love Jimmy G. Uh, some are claiming that the Patriots aren't interested anymore. I've seen those reports. Others are claiming that the Pats are still sniffing for a trade, or at least I saw that they were sniffing on the Patriots wire in a headline, and I like that. Um, but I would just tell Patriots fans to remember the pain and love in Belichick's voice when he had to trade Jimmy G to the Niners back in 2017 because, as we all know, Tom Brady is a freak of nature. So that's where I wanted to start, man. Have you been enjoying all the Jimmy G chatter as much as I have this week? Yeah, it. I mean, I love trade chatter, no matter what it is. And then yeah. you, you multiply trade chatter with quarterback talk, and that's kind of like the creme de la creme of off-season, like rumor mongering, but in yeah. a good way. Um. So yeah, and and, and it's there's obviously smoke, uh, because the quote that you just played, obviously, we've seen all these rumors and the the reports on the Patriots' interest in Garoppolo. And then we have seen more reporting saying that the Patriots are out. And we've seen the 49ers say they wouldn't trade Garoppolo unless it was a huge offer. I just don't believe that. Like, like I think there's a point in the rumor cycle where teams start to, like, backtrack because they're at an impasse with what's on the table – so they they suddenly step back and they're like, "Well, we we aren't interested. Like we're not doing this. Yeah. We're not gonna do this because they're trying to get leverage and they're trying to convince their um their sort of their dance partner that like they're not interested anymore. When really like they're always gonna come back together and they're always gonna continue the discussion. That's what's probably happening behind the scenes here, where Patriots and 49ers are just trying to get the price to where they want it to be." It doesn't mean that a trade will inevitably happen, but you do not give up three first-round picks 
to get to the third overall pick, which is what the 49ers just did. Yeah. You don't do something like that when you're you're really just so committed to your quarterback. Like that's just that's, that's not how it works. They are going to be committed to whoever they pick at third overall. And it's just statistically it would be an anomaly if whoever they take at third overall ended up not starting even in week one like if you're a top five pick and you're a quarterback you start in week one that's just how historically it's worked over the last decade so i can't see a scenario where the 49ers hold on to garoppolo through 2021 they're going to deal him at some point before the deadline and likely this offseason and the patriots to me seem like the most likely landing spot because he's going to have to waive his no trade clause and there are a few destinations where I think he'd probably feel good about going and waving that trade clause, but New England's one of them because they just stocked up on so much free agency talent. Yeah, and uh, they're going to look mighty good with obviously the history of, of helping Garoppolo succeed, but succeed, but also um, just generally a really strong group of skill players. Yeah, and and the anti Jimmy G Patriots fans, and there are plenty of them out there. It's just we all need this thing. Like this was Belichick's guy. The reason why I wanted to like kind of dig up that audio is because this was Belichick's pick. He, he picked Jimmy G to you know to be the next guy, and because Tom Brady is a freak of nature, it, it never came to fruition. He couldn't keep him any longer. Uh, so that's just how that thing worked out. And yeah, the the whole thing with the Forty ers right now with Kyle Shanahan holding that press conference and talking about how much they love Jimmy, but oh, we had to move up to number three, and they're so clearly going to pick a quarterback, as you're just talking about there, Henry. And I think my favorite tweet ever from Adam Schefter was that he puts out there, 49ers source, quote, Jimmy is here to stay. He's our guy this year. <laughs> it's like, wait, is Jimmy here to stay, or is he your guy this year? Like, So it, it just like, I thought he might, maybe he might make it through 2021 and then become a free agent next offseason. I'm kind of starting to subscribe to that theory that the Patriots could go after him next offseason and see what other quarterbacks shake loose, whether it's Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, maybe even Aaron Rodgers, because there's definitely something sketchy going on over there in Green Bay with them not restructuring his contract. Something's going on there. Something weird's going on with Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, but I, I like that. Maybe Jimmy won't make it through 2021. Maybe he'll get traded by the deadline. I like that theory, but there's no commitment there. The 49ers keep saying they're committed to Jimmy G, but we know there's like... There's no freaking way in hell that they're committed to Jimmy G. They're, they're just they're just not. So it's the question is, when does he shake free, right? But you're thinking he doesn't even make it to next offseason. I got to run it back. Every year I do this this quick statistic of which, like what percentage of first-round quarterbacks go their first season without starting um, and winning the starting job. And the percentage is like 90, 95%, like, um, Patrick Mahomes was one of the very few who never played in his rookie season. He he got a start, but it was in a throwaway game, and it was not a meaningful start, so I, it doesn't really count. Um, but there are a few others, and for the most part, these guys win the job, and they keep it, like Justin Herbert last year. Like to everybody's saying, Tyrod Taylor is going to hold this job. No, it lasted like three weeks. Yeah. And then Justin Herbert, who is the sixth overall pick, took over. It was the same story with Tua Tagovailoa. They, they kept him away as long as they could, but eventually they turned it over to him, even when Ryan Fitzpatrick was arguably playing better football. The same thing is going to happen. 
whoever they take at third overall, even if it's, in my opinion, the player who needs the most development in Trey Lance, but, you know, so even if it's him, he's going to get, he's going to get on the field and he's going to take over the offense. So it's like, why would you even bother holding on to a, a guy whose salary is as big as Jimmy Garoppolo's? You, you shouldn't. You take a second round pick or a third round pick, you send them back to New England and you move on, even though, you know, maybe you, you lose one or two extra games in those first eight games. You are always going to turn over the offense to that rookie by about week eight, by about week nine. So you just you just go for it. You let it be and you get some draft assets out of it. And you don't push yourself into a situation where you have zero leverage at the trade deadline because you've already turned the offense over to the rookie and Garoppolo. He's no longer worth a second or a third. He's worth a fifth or a sixth because he's going to, he'll basically be like a pending free agent and uh, he'll also look probably even more washed up than he did last year if he's losing the job to a rookie. So it's kind of a no-win situation for the 49ers and that's why I think they're just posturing. It makes you wonder, like, what are the Patriots going to do? What what really are their plans at quarterback if Cam struggles? Is it Jimmy G? Are they still holding on to that thing? Or is it a guy in the draft? I'm starting to lean, Henry, like, I, I just, I'm starting to lean like they're not going to pick a quarterback in the draft. It's just a gut feeling. But, Henry, I want to get your take on that, and we'll do that coming up next. All right, Henry, so I'm a little bit down on the Patriots going quarterback at all in this draft. Uh, I don't know if it's because of what I saw on Twitter at, with Belichick at Mac Jones's pro day at Alabama. Now this was kind of fun, uh, just seeing the fans on Twitter as you wrote overreacting to everything that went on with Belichick kind of standing there at the ten yard line, arms folded, watching Mac Jones. There's this like viral video of Belichick shaking his head in disgust at one Mac Jones throw. So I'm sure that's not how it went, but there is a little bit that love fest between Alabama and Belichick and Saban. And the Mac Jones to the Pats at number 15 thing, that's that hasn't really died down. I know that Jones ran a Navy triple option play during his pro day, so obviously he did that for Bill. I'm sure Nick Saban had something to do with that as well. So there is still something there. But how do you think that trade the 49ers made to jump up to number three, all that shakeup at the top, does that affect the Patriots at all at number 15 if they were if a quarterback was in their plans, right? Like How does that change things for them, or do you think it doesn't change anything for them? I think it doesn't change what was always in my mind. It's easy for me to say now, but it it was in my mind, it was always going to be three quarterbacks in the top four. So the dolphins were going to sell that spot to the highest bidder at third overall. And if they couldn't, the fourth overall pick would probably be the Falcons taking a quarterback or trading back for someone who who wants a quarterback. So it was always going to be Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at two and then mystery quarterback at three or four. And my opinion is that it should be Justin Fields at three or four, but I think other, other people believe in Lance as sort of a developmental guy with all the upside and other people believe in Mac Jones as more of a high floor guy. um, Who's like more pro ready. Um, So that's kind of how the top four was in in my mind, always going to play out. And so now we could see three QBs in the top three. 
we could see four QBs in the top four if the if the Falcons get a quarterback they deem uh, worthy of uh, like let's say it's Fields at three, then Trey Lance is like the perfect quarterback for the Falcons because they have Matt Ryan and they have uh, a way to put Lance on the bench for. Now I know this goes against exactly what I just said. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but it. <laughs> put Lance on the bench for a year behind one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and then they can trade Matt Ryan after 2021 because of how his contract is structured. They can't really trade him for a year because it would be too big of a dead cap hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can next year, so that's one situation where actually I think Matt Ryan is good enough to hold off Trey Lance. Um, unlike Garoppolo holding off a, another quarterback. Um, and then I don't think Mac Jones um, will slip out of the top 10. So in my mind, it was kind of always, if the Patriots wanted like Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they were probably going to have to trade into the top five. And that was that's basically not possible from 15. Like you can do it, but um, it would be like an insane like we saw from the 49ers. It yeah. would be like three first-round picks. And I've heard this, and it's like if, if a guy slips past the Falcons, like if the Falcons surprise us and don't take a quarterback, and there's someone there, and you know you got the Bengals there at number five, maybe you could trade with the Bengals and sneak up there. I just don't think, after seeing that price tag, Henry, there's just no freaking way that would go against everything we've seen Belichick do for two decades, right? I, it just... There's no chance they're going to do that. So I just feel like we got to shoot that one down, that theory. I know a lot of people are hoping that's something they do. And obviously Belichick's doing something this year that he's surprising a lot of people with the way he's spending in free agency and all that. But I think it's going to be more of, you know, it's going to be back to normal Belichick in the draft. I think you're more likely to see him trading back than trading up, you know. I have a mock draft running on Thursday morning and I'm just finishing it now. And the way I actually see this playing out is sort of weird. There, I think <laughs> this is sort of a silly thing to predict. But, Please go. But the way, Let's go. Let's the way that I piece this draft strategy strategy together is they trade back in the first round and they land one of the top receiver, linebacker, or edge prospects. And in this case, it's Kadarius Tony out of Florida, a receiver. He's like, uh, he's honestly a lot like Nelson Aguilar or T.Y. Hilton. Um, smaller guy, but like, freak freaky athlete who is really good with the ball in his hands and is developing as sort of a deep threat he's not like Nikhil harry though right no so i actually <laughs> i was thinking about rashad bateman who, who will be another player available in sort of the back end of the first round yes I've he seen is him. he has a lot of Nikhil harry comps as a prospect but but it should be better obviously everybody going in the first round should be better than Nikhil harry but uh <laughs> But um, so I say they trade they trade back from 15 to about 20. They take um, Kadarius Tony, and then in the process of trading back, they pick up um, a third rounder in next year and a second rounder this year, or actually two third rounders and a second rounder this year. So the second rounder they package with their own second rounder and move back into the first round at 32nd overall, where they take. Jalen Phillips, the edge player out of Miami. So it's he's like Chandler Jones 2.0. He's got that same sort of uh, big athletic frame that plays 
defensive end, hands in the dirt. Yeah, love it. And, and has some versatility. And Belichick was at his pro day too, so that that would make some sense. Yeah, so so they combine those two guys, two good players that they can put in the pipeline. They don't need to play right away, but they could if their if their potential sort of deems them uh, ready. And then they take they trade up again in the third round to get Kyle Trask. And okay, there it is. I think I think Kyle Trask has a lot of the same qualities that Mac Jones has. It's just that Trask is has less buzz, and he could fall. Be, he could fall all the way down to the third, maybe fourth round, depending on like if he really needs one team to sort of like fall in love with him, and they could potentially take him in the second or third. Um, but if if that sort of thing happens, we could see. Now I'm gonna get like really draft Nick here with you, <laughs> please. Where like. I make references to prospects of years past. But but last year there was a quarterback named Jacob Eason coming out of Washington. He was a guy that there was some buzz that he might go in the first round. But what happened was he fell all the way down to the Colts in, I believe, the fourth round. So, like, for the whole draft, Jacob Eason was, like, rated as one of uh, Mel Kuyper's, like, top 30 players. And... um he so the poor kid his name was like listed as the best available player for like three days so awkward Uh, yeah um so anyway so he was a fourth fourth rounder i think something similar could happen with trask where people are buzzing about him being a first and in actuality like he's just available later in the draft so he's a big guy six five two hundred and I think like 25 pounds, big, big player, uh, runs a five, 5.1 second, 40 yard dash. So he's like even slower than Mac Jones, but he's a smart player. He's an anticipatory player. He's actually older, which I think might appeal to the Patriots um, because he was, he didn't start until his red shirt senior year. So he was dedicated to making it to the NFL, dedicated to football in general. Um, and his pro day and on his film, like had some pretty good zip on the ball, like decent arm strength. So, and, and then if you look at his statistics, I mean, he was, he was blowing people away in his single year as a starter, just like bananas Heisman numbers, um, and got some votes for Heisman. So that's my case for, for Trask. I think he's just like a good value prospect So get him in the third round where there's no like controversy he's clearly going to be the backup for his first year and then maybe if he develops well enough he could he could win the job in 2022 yeah that's interesting i I like trask too because uh i saw that luke easterling from usa today's draft wire had him to the patriots i think in the second round and that's the question right like we know he's going to be one of the top names of that second tier of quarterbacks so, like, when is he going to go, right? Is he going to go second round, third round? It's going to be a little sketchy on when when he might go. But it'll be interesting to me if the Patriots are in on him. But now, okay, now I'm coming around. I, I'm wondering, like, can they wait till round three on that? Or is it or day three? Or, or do they have to jump earlier if they want to really, you know, go in for Trask? If they're crazy about him, then, yeah, they could take him in, in round two. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> Not to be mean to Kyle Trask, but I don't think there's 
I don't think there's anything about him that like you go crazy for, right? So he's one of those players where like you're kind of okay with like letting him slip to you rather than really going up and targeting him. And that's sort of the that's sort of how I think philosophically the Patriots might go into this this draft. They're gonna have a bunch of quarterbacks that they like, but I don't like because of how the best quarterbacks are likely to go in the top 10 and Mac Jones being in my mind, the only one that slips a little bit. I just, I just don't know if they, they want to aggressively target many of the other prospects. So um, I just wonder if, if he's just going to be a good value guy and and maybe there will be another one like Davis. uh, I'm going to embarrass myself. The Stanford quarterback Davis Mills is getting some buzz. Um, And obviously Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M quarterback is a guy who, who gets some love. There's a few middle tier or like second tier quarterbacks that could slip a little ways and and that would be sort of when the patriots pounce because i think the second tier is is substantially weaker than the first tier the new i want to get your take on this henry you can leave it here uh you know there was a new 17 game regular season that got announced obviously we knew that was coming and uh, the patriots adding a kind of a fun team to the schedule in the cowboys so i'm looking forward to that that's a that's kind of a fun team to add that'd be a nice matchup I don't know why, but something just tells me that Belichick and the Patriots are going to use this 17-game schedule to their advantage somehow. I don't know how. Uh, they're just going to figure out a way because that's just very Belichick. He's going to find a way to like use it to his advantage, and we're going to be talking about that at some point next, uh, this coming year. Mark my words. But I know the players hate this thing, right? They don't want to play more regular season games, and I get it. But as a fan, I can't complain about more football. I'm I'm excited for another week of fantasy and sports betting and at the end of the season, those playoff races were kind of sweet with the with the expanded playoffs, and I'm looking forward to that thing too. So as a fan, I'm I'm loving it. I don't blame the players for being pissed, but what do you think about this new 17 game regular season and uh, the Pats playing the Cowboys? That's that's kind of fun. My first thought was the NFL definitely made the most out of their decision there because that's one of the that's one of the like biggest money making matchups in yeah, it's, football. It's perfect. The two highest profile teams you know two teams that that pretend to i mean the patriots pretend to be america's team and the cowboys are america's team right um so the that's i think the biggest obvious takeaway is like it's a that is a cash 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 money game for the nfl uh but from a matchup football standpoint which is probably what most fans actually care about um Dak Prescott is is uh, going to be coming back from that pretty gross, gruesome, broken leg injury, ankle, leg, and uh, I'll be curious to see how he's he's doing in that recovery. Like think of we we talked about Gordon Hayward as a comparison. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see athletically how fast he comes back. Uh, but he certainly has a, a embarrassment of riches at receiver. Uh, those three top guys, Gallup, Cooper, and uh, C.D. Lamb, are, are just all so good. So, so awesome, awesome. Yeah, that offense against what what is going to be a revamped Patriots defense should be pretty fun, especially if New England retains both their cornerbacks, uh, Stephon Gilmore, who's in tr- who's like rumored to be on the on the trade block still, and 
J.C. Jackson, who's technically a restricted free agent and, and could get some interest. Well, that's our show for this week. But Henry, I, I like the mock draft talk. I actually really enjoyed that piece. You got to keep that thing weird. I like that. Keep your mock drafts weird and keep bringing that thing. We'll have to keep we'll have to keep circling back to your latest uh, mock draft stuff because I like it. You don't just you don't just pick where the team is. You you make trades. You make it realistic. So I'm in for that kind of thing. That was fun. Yeah, there's no way Bill Belichick <laughs> is. I mean, he's he's gonna tr- he's got to trade back. Yes, it's like that's just gonna be. I think he'll trade back so that he can trade up for like the rest of the draft. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think after all the craziness this uh, during the free agency, you just wait. It's gonna be a very Belichickian kind of draft. He's gonna be trading. He's gonna be moving, and he probably will trade back in that first round. I would not be surprised at all. So uh, for Henry McKenna, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to y'all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.